Hello, fellas. Welcome back. Um, so this is Skin of the Game. This is a revised uh, version of Skin of the Game. But before we get into it, I just uh, can't miss this opportunity to plug my website and to plug my other podcasts. So, guys, if you're into Nesimtaleb and you're into the Inserto, then by proxy, I think you and I have very similar interests. Okay, obviously, this might be the main interest, but nonetheless, it sort of suggests a, a wider consideration of systems and perhaps a different worldview, a more curious worldview. So have a look at my website. I've published over 100 articles on there, and it's all an extension of my different interests. You know, there's the Sim Taleb, but there's also Carl Jung, but there's also mental models, but there's also geopolitics but there's also uh, alternative energy but there's also investing and then there's also a bit of life stuff in there as well so go onto the website have a look there's two other podcasts that i run one is the geopolitics and power podcast that's pretty self-explanatory the second is called what about when it's an interview podcast now i've had on there the ceo of vestigard one of the greatest components of conscious capitalism in the entire world almost a billion people sleep under their products every night it is fucking wild what they're doing so i've got an interview with him i've got an interview with the internet's most popular Jungian analyst i've got an interview with tim marshall you know the author of one of the most popular geopolitical books of all time prisoners of geography there's a lot of good interviews on there and really the absolute hardest thing for this content creation game is just discovery so i think you guys might be interested in it please look in the description of this podcast subscribe to all these podcasts subscribe to the newsletter if you're keen obviously if you're not then fucking don't worry about it but if you're keen, please do me that favor and pump your good, good juice into this algorithm. It's us versus the algorithm. Okay, so Skin of the Game, this is the final series, final version, final book from the series. Um, and one which Taleb had swelling around in the back of his mind ever since he was writing Fooled by Randomness, you know, 20 years beforehand, really. Uh, you can tell throughout the writing. And it's also something we, again, instinctually know. We instinctually know this, but it's great to see it articulated in such a consumable way, which is obviously what the inserto does for us. But let me start with a very controversial uh, presumption. I'm not sure. It's in the Sims. It's not mine. But nonetheless... The Pope is functionally atheist. Okay, so <laughs> how can I make that statement and what does it have to do with skin of the game? If the Pope was shot tomorrow while strolling the streets of Rome, both an ambulance and the clergy would quickly run to his side. What would happen? The ambulance would want to take him to the hospital to treat his badly injured body and the clergy would want to bring him to the most sacred chapel for prayer so the Pope can be healed by the grace of God. What option would the Pope choose? Now, it is a little bit facetious to say, but nonetheless, it is a measure of his skin in the game. Because after all, his entire life is in devotion to God, and he's so called the mouthpiece of God, right? I mean, God's done miracles before. Is his mouthpiece not worthy? I mean, it's a measure of the Pope's skin in the game. Does he put his money where his mouth is? Does he put his his word where his mouth is, and go to the clergy and then pray for the healing, the miraculous healing, the, the miracle, which has happened beforehand. There's evidence. After all, he believes in the Bible, does he not? He's a mouthpiece of God. Or does he go to hospital, which is a not an atheist institution, certainly not, but it is an extension of modern medicine, something which the uh, Catholic Church has certainly uh, tapped down upon in the past. So it's really a, it's a function of his level of skin of the game. It's a, it's a fun um, 
thought experiment. Obviously, by going to the by going to hospital, it doesn't make you an atheist. But when you're the Pope, the stakes are a little bit higher. So what is skin in the game? It's a euphemism for accountability. It's the ultimate BS detector. Skin in the game is an action taken whose burden of risk wholly rests on the shoulders of the action taker. The opposite is, of course, to have marginal or no skin in the game. And this is an action taken whose burden of risk is liquidated and deferred onto others and society. The action taker is not accountable. Skin in the game is all about symmetry. Okay, so this is a quote from the book. Reaping the benefits of a positive outcome must also be associated with paying the negative outcomes. So there's many examples that we can talk about this, but think about that throughout the book. Skin of the game is about symmetry. Reaping the benefits of a positive outcome must also be associated with paying the negative outcomes. So it's the idea of being accountable for your word. It's the idea of putting your money where your mouth is. It's the idea of owning your opinions. It's the idea of not being anonymous. It's another function of risk-taking. Do you own your risk or do you defer your risk onto others? Now, it can be on the spectrum of seriousness here because I don't need to explain that. But nonetheless, do you own your risk or do you defer your risk onto others? Now, we're going to get more into it. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but let's just look at... No, in fact, I'm not even going to go into it. I will not let the tangent win. We'll see it a little bit later when we talk about the Bob Rubin trade, which is the ultimate uh, sort of real life example explaining skin in the game. But why does skin in the game matter? Because credibility is gained through having skin in the game. You signal by taking risk. It is fundamental to society that people own their risk. An individual's inaction to be accountable for his or her actions distorts the natural mechanism of promotion and demotion across society. A society without skin in the game would not take responsibility for one's own children. A society without skin in the game would not be able to enact rule of law. And a society without skin in the game would not know how to allocate resources. All of these societal functions are only possible because of people's understanding of and expectations that one should be accountable for their decisions. It was not so long ago that our leaders had an e- that our leaders had an equal trade-off. Risk more or less equaled reward. Lords, generals, and politicians of the centuries past had significantly more skin in the game than today's equivalent. To experience the upside of being a general in the army of Genghis Khan, which is the fame, the food, the respect, the purpose, the prestige, the women, so on, that, that general had to incur the symmetrical risk. To be a general in the army of Genghis Khan meant risking your life every day for the privileged upside. It's a question of symmetry. Do leaders today, are they, are they accountable for the decisions that they make? You know, how many politicians have flip-flopped on ideas throughout their entire career and then still been promoted into positions of authority? That is a system defunct of skin of the game, without skin of the game, skin in the game. It's about accountability. So the general makes battle decisions. He must be visible during a fight. He must signal to his subordinates his ability. He takes on the responsibility and the risk of of his decisions. And then for this, society rewards him with the upside. For his risk is so severe, it's a it's a it's a burden that few dare take. The general is perilously perched atop a high risk domain for which he reaps, in his interpretation, a symmetrical upside. Now this is the ancient general of say Genghis Khan's army, but really insert any old 
military or political system where there was a little bit more of a meritocracy and a little bit more of accountability for your decisions. Actually, you know what? Now I think about it, maybe it was pretty exclusive to Genghis Khan's meritocracy, uh, but, but nonetheless. Politicians are constantly signaling. Now we're talking about modern day. Go to war, raise the minimum wage, go carbon neutral no matter what the cost is. What risk do these acts of signaling expose the politicians to? Will they join the front lines and fight? Will they pay out of their pocket the subsidies? Will they meet and reconcile the people whose lives their decisions ruin? Of course they're not going to. But modern day politicians can afford to reap enormous upside totally inconsistent with their exposed downside. There is no symmetry from the perspective of skin of the game for today's politics. Really, I think anything that moves away from meritocracy starts to move away from skin of the game as well. That that idea just came to me. I'm not sure if it actually appears in skin of the game, the book, but think about meritocracies. There is risk for your decision at the top. Like That's how you got there, by showing your merit. The further away you move from meritocracy and the closer you get towards a bureaucracy, which is something that I don't need to remind you is the ultimate manifestation of everything bad in the universe, which Nassim Club agrees with me on this. Maybe one of the only things we really agree upon. But the closer you get to the bureaucracy, the further you get away from one's ownership and skin in the game. You know, talk about middle managers, but we're going to get to that as well. I'm sorry, skin of the game draws me down very many tangents. I just want to harp back to this idea that you signal by taking risk. That's skin in the game. Politicians are signaling without the risk. Credibility is gained through skin in the game. Signaling risk is a virtue. People who take risks command respect, and politics is as close to a system defined by bureaucracy that exists. In Nassim's words, bureaucracy is a construction by which a person is conveniently separated from the consequences of his or her actions. Or in other words, a system, system absent of skin of the game. And Taleb argues that is precisely because of politicians acting without skin in the game is that what got Donald Trump elected the president of the United States in 2016. Whether, whether it's the truth or not, when Trump signals, people inherently respect his message more because he's clearly not a bureaucrat and appears to have skin in the game. The man has gone, Nassim's spoken about this as well, and I don't fully agree with him on this, but nonetheless, Nassim has spoken about this as well. Because Donald Trump has become bankrupt, he has reaped the downside of risk that he's taken in public. Um, he has strong opinions for which he receives a lot of criticism. Therefore, skin in the game. Symmetrical downside for the upside. Now, again, I said at the very beginning that this is another instinctual you know, ancient idea that Nassim has brought to the surface. And uh, that's proven, actually, by this uh, little anecdote about Hammurabi's law. And it proves that people have known for a long time how fundamental individual responsibility is for the well-functioning of society. In Babylonian Mesopotamia, around 1750 BC, so almost 4,000 years ago, there was a steel pillar which stood in the town square and engraved on it was the laws of society. On this steel pillar marked marked in excess 200 laws of maxims, including the popularized an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, which shows an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth is own your risk. 
symmetrical upside for downside. Um, it, you know, from our earliest memory of our species, we idealize skin of the game. It's also in the Bible. Do, other, do unto others as you would have them do to you. It's the golden rule. And then Taleb, Taleb goes on to speak of a specific anecdote anecdote from uh, Hammurabi's law, which is quite interesting. And basically, it's the following, that if an architect builds a home, which later goes on to collapse and kills the inhabitants of the house, then the architect is accountable for those deaths. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If the firstborn dies in the event of the property collapsing, then the architect's first son should also be put to death. Be put to death. Now, that's the ultimate manifestation of skin in the game. No one was incentivized more than the architects in ancient Babylonian Mesopotamia. Nisim now looks at real-world applications and some occupations that occupy both copious amounts of skin of the game and no skin of the game. Let's look at some occupations that have copious amounts of skin in the game. A pilot, a surgeon, an author, an F1 driver, a freelancer, a scientist. The downside of these professions are equal to, if not greater than, the upside they receive. A pilot is well paid. He is compensated all the way to the highest echelons of society. Society respects him and rewards him. And a pilot has skin in the game because what happens to bad pilots? So a pilot who must ride the bus from A to B is going to do a better job of ensuring the cockpit is functional than a pilot who just calibrates the system and then checks out. So imagine imagine the pilot you know, rolls in from his um, bacon and egg roll and someone else has calibrated the entire cockpit, then the pilot flies from A to B. And say that cockpit was um, dialed incorrectly, right? The what the sim's trying to say here is that if the pilot had to calibrate his own cockpit, he's much less likely to make a mistake because he has far more risk exposed. He has to be responsible for the risk that he's taking, which is flying this giant bus across the world. Skin in the game identifies incentives. Now, what about some professions that are devoid skin of the game? Skin in the game. Uh, Nisim has a real problem with journalism and I want to correct his uh, sweeping statement that all journalists have no skin in the game because I think that's just plainly not true. Look at my interviews with Tim Marshall and Dan McDougall, men who have put a significant risk on the line to tell stories. Um, but noise journalism certainly without skin in the game. Now, this is the BS, you know, sort of woke alarmist headlines on both the left and right that um, just distracts you and makes outrageous statements without having the following downside for the statement that they make. So noise journalism, consultancy, politicians, professional bureaucrats. Oh my God, these are the absolute worst. This is the mid-level manager, any big company that you can think of. A lot of you probably work for them or work under them or hopefully are not one of them. And then finally, economists. Um, Nassim writes, if you don't take risks for your opinion, then you are nothing. And we're going to come to look at economists and these professions devoid skin of the game when we look at the Bob Rubin trade. But first, an anecdote to ancient Greek, because it's Nassim Taleb. In the ancient Mediterranean, Spartan mothers would tell their departing sons, referring to the warrior's shield, you return with it or you return on it. For a Spartan mother would rather her son be dead then bear the shame of retreat. Spartan mothers understood skin in the game. 
An economist model put into practice could create or uncreate thousands of jobs. Proof that an economist does not have skin in the game is when the same economist is consulted again and again, despite the ineptly theoretical basis of their claims. Fundamental to these economic models is rational behavior. No one behaves like an economist version of rational. And anyone who has studied economics or taken an Econ 101 course will be told... Assume everything else is equal and assume rational behavior. And I remember sitting in class thinking, right, okay, I'll make this assumption, but I'm pretty sure people don't behave rationally. And it turns out that any of us who have decided to live in the real world realize that no one behaves according to a, uh, an economist's definition of rational, which in their eyes is simply the equilibrium of price versus quality. Right, And that's different for all of us. And when marketing and advertising gets its little grubby paws involved, that equilibrium is greatly shifted. So the Bob Rubin trade, I've teased this from the very start. I think this is a fantastic anecdote. It refers to the 2008 GFC. And Nassim Taleb, he uses this story to really hammer home what skin of the game means to us. So, Robert Rubin, the former Secretary of the United States Treasury, collected more than $120 million from Citibank in the decade preceding the 2008 GFC. He collected his money as direct consequence for the privatized upside his financial actions earned. Now, this isn't a problem, assuming you are also willing to bear the risk of the downside of your financial decisions. This is something Bob Rubin did not do. When the taxpayer emptied their pockets in the billions, bailing out the dysfunctional banks, Bob Rubin did not have to return all of his $120 million and then some to compensate. Bob Rubin did not lose his job and Bob Rubin did not go broke. If Bob Rubin had skin in the game, then the subsequent would have been realized. So did you follow that? He made $120 million by participating in the very economic activity that eventually crashed the economy. Now, us, the taxpayers, we paid through the bailouts, through the tax money that goes into the bailouts, for people like Bob Rubin and his ilk to not go broke. But Bob Rubin did not have to return the money or at least pay a proportionate amount of money for the downside of the risk that he took. It's, it's, it's asymmetrical. He got to reap all the upside without being exposed to the downside of the risk. Bob Rubin represents thousands of financial decision makers who contributed to the GFC. The bankers privatized the upside and socialized the downside. Remember what I started with talking about, liquidating or deferring risk. They liquidated and deferred their high-risk actions onto the taxpayers or they alone reaped the financial upside. It is the absolute essence of having no skin in the game. But in conclusion, look, there are many more lessons and anecdotes rife throughout this book. It is a pleasure to read until it brings his contrarianism front and center, making for a lot of humorous interactions. I will conclude with the final quote that um, Nassim writes in Skin of the Game, and it, it is also a closing to the inserto overall. But before that, we're going to hear from Fat Tony, Taleb, and Machiavelli. And these are all quotes that refer to Skin of the Game. First, Fat Tony. Always do more than you talk and proceed talk with action. For it will always remain that action without talk supersedes talk without action. Taleb, people resent those at the top with no skin in the game. And Machiavelli, act your virtue. Do more than signal it. Show rather than be. And then 
a common one we all know, actions speak louder than words. And finally, Taleb's parting words to the inserto. No muscles without strength, friendship without trust, opinion without consequence, change without aesthetics, age without values, life without effort, water without thirst, food without nourishment, love without sacrifice, power without fairness, facts without rigor, statistics without logic, mathematics without proof, teaching without experience, politeness without warmth, values without embodiment, degrees without erudition, militarism without fortitude, progress without civilization, friendship without investment, virtue without risk, probability without ergodicity, wealth without exposure, complication without death, fluency without content, decision without asymmetry, science without skepticism, religion without tolerance, and most of all, nothing without skin in the game. Fuck, that's a big quote. In very typical Nassim fashion, he writes the longest sentences. Um, Anyway, that's skin in the game. That's the end of my revised look into the inserto. I don't think I'm going to do this again. Oh, who knows? Fuck, maybe I will. But before before you leave me, check out my website. Look, if you're interested in the sim, you're likely interested. We likely have very similar interests. Now I'm publishing lots of uh, articles and I'm publishing lots of podcast interviews with very interesting people, geopolitics, geoeconomics, a little bit of life, a little bit of that. So check it out. Just don't be a stranger. Check it out. And that's the best I got. I can't think of anything else to say. So Cheers. You're a legend for listening and um, take it easy. Bye-bye.